is so exciting. Okay, so we're going to start the topic of Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuso, which is like, mm-hmm. I, I, you can't say it's like the most unbelievable topic because we're talking about Shema. So like everything is the most unbelievable topic in Shema. Mm-hmm. It, it all is. But it is a super exciting topic. I think for me, because it's so mysterious. Mm-hmm. Now, because it's so mysterious and because we've already moved to the level like over the thick line. So we're in this supernatural world. Like everything we learn, we're learning about and we strive for like moments where we touch or experience it, but we don't truly understand it. And that's okay. Like, because it is beyond us to a great extent, right? Shema itself is already pushing, like, the limits of our capacity to intellectually absorb. That's the level of seichel, but it means it challenges it. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that a lot with with Shema and Yichud Hashem, that that's not something we can really, right? We, we, how did Rav Hirsch put it? Something like a... Shudderingly, it was like tentatively, like like with, with fear and awe, we tremblingly, you know, s- try to find what it is we're meant to learn from this. Because, here, those we, um, what Moshe actually saw remains unknown to us, but the words, the names by which that which he saw was explained to him, are told us. Those we can try stammeringly to follow and attempt some understanding of them. Right, it, it's not, it's not like, oh, hey, we'll just learn this. We can attempt stammeringly to follow. Okay, so that's anyway the nature of of this zone that we've reached is like, way you know, stammering and trembling and pretty, way out. Um, it's hard to know where to stick these. I keep moving them. Um, and Baruch Shem, I would say, is maybe most mysterious of all. Not perhaps the highest of all, but certainly the most mysterious. So why do I say it's so mysterious? And, and this is going to be like several parts just, just on this introduction to Baruch Shem, I would say. Um, especially because I just added like another two parts to it this, yesterday. But it's, but it's so exciting. So why is it so mysterious? So let's start by looking at source Aleph. Um, what, what I did is actually I, I printed these out. Hi, good morning. We're starting Baruch Shem. I was just saying like I, it's so exciting and it's also so mysterious. What I did is I printed these out and then I wanted to add this passage from Abu Darham. So I added it to the beginning of the source sheet and then I realized, you know what, it doesn't make sense to reprint the last four pages, again, it's a little bit wasteful, so I just printed the first page and added the two missing lines by hand at the bottom. So there's like two olives because it renumbers when you add in. Okay, so what's, what is it that's so mysterious? If we look in Devarim at the Psukim of Shema, we have Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. I see there's a missing space. Okay, that's not surprising. However, now let's take a look at the Abu Darham. Abu Darham, I, I could have brought like the Gemara and the Medrash, but he brings it all together. Garcinan Bipsachim, Beperak Makom Shinago. 
they they teach in the Gemara of Pesachim in the Parak Makom Shenagu. My time on Mosifnan Baruchim Kvod Machusel Elam Ba'ed. That really long Rashi Tevos is that. What is the reason we add Baruchim Kvod Machusel Elam Ba'ed? It's a stop, and just like, well, you know how that is. Like you're so used to things, you don't notice them. Okay, the Gemara says, why do we add it? What do you mean, why do we add it? It's in Shema. No, look at the Pesukim. It's not in Shema. Okay, the passage in Devarim says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad. Next Pesuk. Hashem It doesn't even sound weird to our ears because we say Baruch Shem quietly. So even if you would say it out loud to try and catch the Gemara's question, it could go right past you because your ears are not used to really hearing Baruch Shem. Okay, but the Gemara says, why do we add it? Like, who do we think we are? <laughs> we have a Pasuk. Here's what Moshe related to us that Hashem is telling us. And we just like decided we're going to sort of like cut and paste this other Pasuk over here. For real? The Amr of Shimon Barfazi. Rav Shimon Barfazi taught. Vayikra Yaakov Elbanov. This sounds really familiar because we're talking about Shema. Yaakov called together his sons. Vayomer, and he said, As I recall, we actually were learning that at least one of the four times we learned it in the last few months. It was Parshas Vayechi, right? And Yaakov called to his sons and he said, Gather together and I shall tell you that which will happen to you at the end of days. Uchsiv, and it says, Hikavtsu Vishimu. And then it says, Gather together and listen. The Gomer. So there's two things where he's saying, listen, gather and I'll tell you, and then listen. Yaakov sought to reveal to his sons the end of days. And the Shechina hid itself from him. Amar, he said, God forbid, perhaps there is within my offspring some kind of fatal flaw. Like my grandfather, Avraham, from whom came Yishmael. Or my father, Yitzchak, from whom came Esav. Amrulo. So his son said to him, Shema Israel, listen, Israel. Piresh Avinu, listen, our father, Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. We are straight with God. Just like in your heart there is nothing other than the one, there is none in our hearts other than the one. So the elder uh, opened his mouth and said, Blessed is the name of his glorious king, of the glory of his kingdom, forever and ever. Piresh, meaning, and then it, that, that explains, And listen to your father Yisrael. Now listen to the second statement I have to say, which is, So why does he say, listen to me twice? The first time, because he wants to tell them about the end. Then he was stopped. They assured him, they reassured him, that it wasn't because they were at all deviant from their emuna in Hashem. And so the second statement he makes is Baruch Shem Kvod and he's saying, listen to this. Let it be received in your hands. A Kabbalah means something that you receive from your fathers or from your teachers, 
right? So you didn't initiate it, but you receive it and it becomes treasured. And you're going to hand it on to your children. This Pasuk is a Kabbalah B'yedchem. Ve'anu chulam ve'amru kain. And they all answered and said, yes, like amen. Yes, it's so. Amri Rabina. Okay, now this is not a new passage. I just made this part bold. Amri Rabbanan hechein havid. So the Chachamim, okay, you might think that that was the end of it, but if you would think so, that would be actually just because the story swept you up. Because if you look back at the beginning, the question was, why do we add Baruch Shenkvod Machos Elamvad? So you say, okay, what do you mean? There was the answer, because Yaakov said, they said, the Kla Yisrael said, Shema Yisrael Hashem Okeinu Hashem Echad, the Shvatim, and he said, Baruch Shenkvod Machos Elamvad. So now when we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Okeinu Hashem Echad, we also reply, Baruch Shenkvod Machos Elamvad. Okay, so that's sort of the answer. But the Gemara goes on to ask, Hey, so how should we behave? What should we do? Namre, lo amre Moshe. Should we say it? But Moshe didn't say it. In the Torah, when, Hash, when Moshe told us, which Lamaisa is the passage we're reading, we're not reading from the Medrash about Yaakov, Moshe didn't say it. Lone Amri. If we don't say it, Amri Yaakov. Yaakov did. So who's, who's tradition? Like, who are we supposed to learn from over here? Hatkinu. So the Chachamim established Sheyehu Omer Oso Bechashai, that we should say it in a whisper. It would be an awesome shear. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think what other halacha is like that other than mezuzah. Right? Whereas Beis Hillel, Beis Shammai, one says you put it vertically, one says you put it horizontally, and we put it on a slant. Because, like, that is not the normal way of paskening halacha. Okay. I just want to say, like, this statement of the Chachamim by itself should leap out at us. This psak of the Chachamim should leap out at us. Hang on. Because Gemara, you, you could dispense with a lot of Gemara if that was always the solution. Should we do it this way? Should we do it that way? Do it in the middle. <laughs> should we say it? Should we not say it? Say it in a whisper. By the way, it works. Because you notice that when we read the passage from Shema in the Psukim, it actually does not jump out at us that it's missing Baruch Shem because we say it in a whisper, and so it sounds normal this way too. So it actually works. <laughs> just, you know, I'm not denying that. Just also pointing out that that is really should stand out for us and tell us there's more going on. So we need to know, Abu Darham goes on, what is brought down in the Medrash of Devarim Rabbah. Because without this, you could think that Yaakov, so he said Baruch Shem, and Moshe like, didn't really know about that, or... Like, that was just part of, I don't know, like the oral, not just, part of the oral tradition of Klai Yisrael, but not so much like relating to Moshe. But you should know that there's something about Moshe also with Baruch Shein. And Eilat Varm Rabbah, Chazal asked, why do the Jewish people say Baruch Shein Kvod Machuso Belachash? Okay, now that's, 
you realize we still could ask this question. It's almost like under your breath is if your kavana really isn't. Sort of like sort of is and sort of isn't, right? right? right. Okay. So, but the question still remains for us to ask because just because they paskened it doesn't mean we understand how you get that. It's a novel solution, right? Chazal were saying, should we do A or should we do B? Okay, we'll do C. Like should we non- say it? Should we not like say a it? Non-committal type well, of an answer. Well, it could be read that way as non-committal, mm-hmm. or it could be read, or just say as a third answer. It's like you were given two options and you chose the third, right? Because whisper is not saying it and it's not not saying it, so it's really a different answer. So we still have the question standing out, which is why the whisper? Why do we say it in a whisper? So here's a different, this is not a different answer, this is an answer to that. At the time when Moshe went on high, meaning he went up Har Sinai and from Har Sinai ascended even higher than that, right up into the heavens. He stole it from the angels. That's interesting. And taught it to the Jewish people. So he goes up to Shemayim. By the way, there is like a whole, I would say a whole genre, but I don't know really how many there are. But there's, we will come across more of them in the coming weeks. Um, there are several different teachings of Chazal about what was going on during this period of time when Moshe was passing through the world of the Malachim. So already though, like your little alarm bell should be going off because Kriyashma corresponds to the world of Malachim, right? That world of Bria is the world of Malachim. So Moshe Rabbeinu was passing through. Now, already, just even having like our paper chart gives us a concept why you would be passing through. I'm sure there's like, like the actual reasons. But if nothing else, you're moving from Asiya to Yitzira to Bria, he's going to get the Torah, you're going at least to Atzibus, to adjacent to God, right? Torah didn't come from Malachim. Torah is straight the word of God. So he has to pass through. We know you don't jump. You can't skip worlds. It's a ladder. It's the ladder of Yaakov, right? You have to take each rung to get somewhere. You could get really, really high, but not by skipping. You have to take step by step. Okay. So he's passing through. He's going to have to, you know, his bus is going to make a stop in the world of Malachim. And while he was there, he stole Baruch Shein Kvod Machus and gave it to the Jews. Amar of Shmuel Bar Nachmani. I think that's supposed to say the word mashal there. Mashal leven vito shamelech. Rav Shmuel Bar Nachmani taught. This is, we could give you a mashal. Now, mashalim are stupendous. But in order for a mashal to be stupendous, you've got to be very, very picky about your mashals. This is why I'm always disappointed when I make up my own, because they're always lacking. <laughs> I'm really bad. Okay? I'm not good at coming up with them. But boy, I am good at being a stickler for them. Because if you're not, you miss the point. Because the whole thing of the mashal is that the points of the mashal correspond to the points of a nimshal that you're supposed to learn from. And when you get like fuzzy, like, well, yeah, it's like basically that, then you like miss the whole point. Okay. So this is a mashal to Benbito Shomelech, the son of the daughter of the king. 
I assume that the reason it's the son of the daughter is because maybe he's not in the line to directly become the king himself. But he's in the family of the king. Shahaisa Lobas Basula, who had a young daughter, an unmarried daughter. And whenever she would, she would see like beautiful clothes and say, oh, get me those clothes, get me those things. And he would get them for her. Once this prince, who's a grandson of the king, went into the palace of the king, and saw like it's some kind of garment, like a matron's cloak or something, meaning a lady, a gentle, more than a gentlewoman, a lady, like a, some sort of clothing fitting for the lady of a court or a queen. Perish beged noevechashov. Kosmiron meaning a a lovely and very important distinguished garment. Maasa, what did he do? Ganavoso, he took it. <laughs> okay, and Ganav was like he stole it, so we're not covering over. He he took it. He he's feeling at home in the palace, right? He took it. Uva vinasano levito, and he brought it home and gave it to his daughter. But then he instructed her, the Omer law, and said to her, You know all the clothes I've like got you over the years? You can wear those out in public. But this garment, this very, be- these robes, right? They're stolen. Don't wear them outside the front door. Wear them inside. Okay, uh, gosh, I can't even get to the name show. This is very disturbing. Yeah, this is really, really disturbing, right? But I have heard this before. They always tell it to you without the mashal. When you were in school, did you hear this one, right? That mo- not, not the mashal. You for sure didn't hear the mashal, <laughs> unless you went to some kind of super liberal school where they were saying it for other reasons. They don't teach this mashal. Tell you, Moshe was in Shemayim and he overheard the Malachim saying, and he came down and he told us about it. And we whisper it because we don't want them to hear us. You heard that, right? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, like for sure, in a pet deck that your kids brought home somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And you always kind of wondering, like, like, why don't you want them to hear us? Okay. Now you know Wait, why we don't want them to hear us. Putting her hand over her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, the hand over the mouth was, I think, just a way of showing kids to whisper, to whisper it. I don't think it's a direct reference that has any like ancient sources in Minhagim. I think it's right. No, but I'm just now. saying that I remembered one of the Takimah oh. wrote about. You know. Oh, that you should. Yeah, I hear. Okay. Okay. So here's Kachamer Moshe Israel. Here's what Moshe said to the Jewish people. Uh, by the way, I just want. I just. In the sake, name of transparency here, one reason I took Abu Dharam, he has a nicer version of the Medrash. <laughs> okay? If you look it up in Tavar Rabbah, it doesn't even really indicate that he's in the family of the king. At least the guy's in the family of the king. So, like, okay, you know, like, we understand, yeah, that, like, the king isn't going to be annoyed, right? The king finds out he took it, he's going to be like, yeah, okay, you could have it. I don't know, why not, you know? Like, I don't know why you didn't ask, but, like, you could have it. It's in the family. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all in the family. It's not going out anywhere. Okay. So that's why I'm partial to the version brought by Abu Dharam. Uh, Just to be honest, because this is already disturbing. Moshe says to the Jewish people, 
all the mitzvahs I've given you, I, I received them from Hashem. He gave them to me. Aval Hashem hazeh, but this name, meaning this way of, of reflecting glory and, and describing God's greatness, Shani nosein lachem, that I'm giving you now, hu shomati This I overheard from the malachi hashaves, the, the ministering angels, shebohe meshabchem l'kadosh baruch it is that with which they praise Hashem. It's not what Hashem gave me. I, by the way, it's really fascinating that there's a correspondence between the mitzvos and the, the, the praise that the malachim are making of Hashem. You realize that like, there's almost an equivalency when we are doing mitzvos, we are singing a praise of God. Okay, we're, we'll get to that down the line, but like food for thought in the meantime. This I overheard. This is how they praise Hashem. And I lifted it from them. I think we would say that in English too, if we were in those circles. I lifted it. So keep it quiet. Almost like only where the garment inside the house that's exactly the muscle that's it you can wear it indoors in private where nobody will see so keep it quiet whisper it so why do you say it all out loud and out in public on Yom Kippur because you're like you're wearing white clothes don't eat don't drink and they have in them no, no sin and no, and no kind of sin the Omer Bamedrash, and then it just he concludes this passage, and the Medrash also says, When Yaakov said to his sons, Oh my goodness, maybe there's a fatal flaw in my kids, Amr Lovanov, his son said to him, There's no Kuf and Sadik in our names, so we may not merit to know the end, but there's also no Chestes in our names. And there, in other words, we're also without chait, so we could say Baruch Shem Kod Machuso. He's he's no he's pointing out to us that there's a common thing there. It almost reminds me B'Sha'ash um, when we, we say the that's my seder when we say about you know talking about Yitziat Mitzrayim Kol Od. I can't wait to hear if you're actually gonna say this. Yeah. Kol Od Hamaber Harezet Meshubach. Oh. B'Sha'ash Yish Matzav Umor Umororim Unachim. Munachim. Lefanecha. Like everything has its time and its place. Nice. And that when we are um, kind of impersonating malachim in a way, <laughs> that um, we get the same almost um, uh, privileges. Right. At that moment, but at that moment only, that it's a yeah. ratzon. And yeah, it's, it's 100% you know, true. We're going to build into this idea, yeah. really, to a great extent. But yes, meaning, it, I wouldn't even say impersonating. When we are standing in the world of Malachim, we also could say that. Right. In Shema, we're standing in the world of the Malachim. Right, because we have the Levush. So like we, it, on Yom Kippur, we're living it. On, us, on In Shema, every day, it would be nice if we were living it. The normal way is we, we maybe brush against it. Right. Right? And, in our, and the way we say Shema, we kind of brush against Baruch Shem. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's totally true. Okay.
So, that. All right. But so now then, this, this is really the introduction to this whole section, which is, as we said, not, not a one-day project, which is making some sense of that medrash. Because it's, it's very fundamental. It's a very fundamental point, and it's too disturbing to be able to learn it. Like, what on earth was the point? It's stolen, so keep it quiet. Except when you're wearing malach clothes, you're impersonating them, and then, so then, you know, nobody will notice? Like, what is the deal? Okay. So to explore that, these are some ideas which I hope you'll help me pull together. Is it, there's a pasuk in Mishlei, Kvod Hashem Haster Davar. It is the glory of God. It gives respect to God to hide a thing. Uchvod Melachim, it is the, it gives glory to kings, Chakor Davar, to investigate them. So the Gra taught about that, um, that conversations about Hashem are not to be talked about in the Shuk. It's for people with elevated minds who are striving for a spiritual life. With king, when it comes to a king, you explore publicly all the details. You talk openly about the splendor and accomplishments. When you're talking about Hashem, the creator, it's, it's more personal and it's more private. It doesn't give him honor. It doesn't necessarily give him honor that everyone should be blabbing. It does to the aspect of a king. So there are places where the grow will say, like, is this a topic that is kvod Elohim? Or is this a topic that is kvod HaMelech? Hashem is also a Melech. To the extent that it's kvod HaMelech, then you should discuss it. To the extent that it's kvod Elohim, not. So he says, Baruch Shem is kvod Elohim. And kvod Elohim is Haster Davar. Kvod Hashem is Haster Davar. You hide it more. He heard this near Kisei HaKavod, and it should be quiet, right? Kvod Elohim Be'anan. When he went up on Har Sinai, the glory of God was in the cloud. That's where he was headed. So it's the glory. Okay. All right. So now, this is in Shemos. I'd really rather read it from Chumash. When Hashem first recruits Moshe to the cause. Okay. So Moshe says, I shall turn aside and see what is this astonishing sight. Why is this bush not burning? And Hashem saw that he was coming and he called out to him from within the bush and Moshe said, here I am. And Hashem said, don't come any closer. Remove your shoes. The place you're standing is holy. I am Hashem, the God of your father, the God of your fathers, the God of Avraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov. And Moshe hid his face. He was afraid to look towards this glory of God in the bush. I'm going to skip a few psukim. Hashem says, I have seen that the Jewish people are suffering, and I'm going to redeem them and take them to this good, sweet land. 
Their cry has come before me. Ve'ato, and now. Lecha, go. Ve'eshlachacho el paro, and I will send you to paro. Ve'hotze esamivne Yisroel mitraim, and you shall take, or he shall, hotze uh, might mean that he will send out, he will put out my nation, the Jewish people from Egypt. There's a lot of interesting things about the lecha, means go, but it's got a hey at the end, really. Does it show here? Yeah. Okay, it's got a hey, which makes it a more passive going. Mm-hmm. Um, and ve'eshalachacha is I'm sending you. And the hotze yasami is that the nation will come out. It's not, I'm like a little bit foreshadowing here, but it's not telling Moshe, Moshe's not doing anything. There's nothing predicted that Moshe's actually doing over here himself. Mm-hmm. All right, so just like kind of, and Moshe said to the Lord, Who am I? That I should go to Paro. And that I should take the Jewish people out of Egypt. And Hashem said, I shall be with you. And this is the sign that I have sent you. When you when you take the nation out of Egypt, Tavdun Eso Elokim Al Hahar Hazet, they will worship God on this mountain where we are right now. Okay. What was Moshe's question? What's his question? Who am I? Okay, well I see question what do you mean who you're Moshe? I just called you I just called you Moshe Moshe. You know who you are. So what, what do you mean, who am I? Okay, so we understand. It's like a, a kind of question like, do I deserve it? Or, right, okay. Sorry. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Has he no self-respect? You ashamed to go? Hey, he grew up in his house. Right. not afraid to go to Pharaoh's house. If you said, who am I to speak to you, O Lord? Okay, he did. He hid his face. Now, who am I to go to Paro? Okay, so what does Rashi say? Ve'im tomar, now go and I will send you to Paro. Ve'im tomar matoil. And if you say, what good will it do? Ve'hotzei esami, yo'ilu dvarecha v'totzei misham. How in the world is it going to help if I go to Pharaoh? He's not going to let them go. The answer is you will help with your words, and that will help get them out of there. Mi who am I? Ma'ani chashuv l'daber im hamelochim. How, what importance do I have to speak before kings? Are you serious? Moshe was not exactly a nobody in Midian either. He'd become a general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he grew up in the house of If there's one person in Klai Yisrael who, who would have the confidence right. to walk into a palace and talk to the king, it's Moshe. He was raised to it. V'chi b'nei Yisrael, and shall I take the Jewish people out? V'afim tashuv. V'afim choshuv ani, even if I am important. Okay, fine. So you're going to say, what do you mean you're not important? No, you're really wonderful. I know you don't think so much of yourself, but really you're a very special person. Mazochu Yisrael. Who are the Jews? <laughs> that they should come out and have a nace and come out of Egypt. 
Okay. And Rashi is taking the point. Rashi's point is that there are two questions. Okay, so he says, he answered him for the first thing first and the last thing last. So he gives him two answers applying to his two questions. So Rashi seems to be saying, I think we may see Rashi a little differently by the end of all this, but Rashi seems to be saying that Moshe's first question was, how do I deserve to do anything so exciting? And his second question is, how do the Jews deserve to have something so special happen to them? And Hashem answers him on both counts. When you asked, who am I that I should go before Pharaoh? It's not you. In other words, Moshe didn't have false modesty and Moshe didn't have low self-esteem. He says, oh, I'm supposed, you're telling me that you are giving me a mission. Go take the Jews out of Egypt. And Moshe says, that's not possible. So we're talking about serious miracles happening. I like that's not I'm not in that league and Hashem says it's okay Ki'i it's me <laughs> it's not you who has to be up to doing all this it's me because I will be with you right? I will be with you right. that whole uh, yeah right then he's gonna say it when they say what when Moshe says well what should I tell them is the name you're performing under and he's gonna say uh, yeah right this sign that you saw in the sne, that's the sign. That I am sending you. And you will succeed in the mission. And I can save you. Like you saw in the bush. It's doing my mission and it's not consumed. Okay. If the sneh thinks that it's its own... Okay. If you have a fire burning a bush, what is the fuel source? The bush. Just like chemically speaking, the bush is the source of fuel. It is finite. Bushes <laughs> are not huge. He did not see a redwood tree in flames. He saw a bush, which means it will get used up really fast. What was striking to Moshe, what was striking to Moshe when he passed by is that it wasn't being used up, which meant that it was not the fuel source. If a human being thinks, and by the way, I don't know about you guys, but for me, this is like a constant, constant avoda. I think it's up to me. Oh my gosh, what if something happens I, and I didn't, I didn't anticipate it? I didn't prepare for it. Uh, I didn't wake up early enough. I didn't get enough sleep. I, didn't, it, I keep thinking that it's up to me, and if I don't perform, it will all fall to pieces. That is a mistake. Whose energy is this? Am I really the one providing all the driving force here? Because if so, boy, are we in trouble. But if Hashem is the one providing all the force over here, and I'm just like the vehicle, I'm just like this bush, and I'm just like, yeah, where do you want me to stand? Here? Okay, go. 
<laughs> okay? You want me over here? Okay. I'll burn over here. Whatever you want. Nothing gets used up. Because energy is infinite. Because it's Hashem providing it. He says, Moshe, that's what struck you, right? So you're wondering how someone of your, of your greatness, and, and there's, we don't have to argue over here about how great Moshe thinks he is. We're understanding that Moshe had an accurate assessment of himself. And by the way, that accurate assessment of himself may have been that he was the greatest man on earth. Time, could be. I don't know how we measure these things, so like, I don't know that we do measure these things, but let's say. Nonetheless, he realized that he was way too small. <laughs> he didn't have it in him. He didn't say at this point, send somebody else. Later on, he suggests, so send somebody else. But not because there was somebody better than him. It's just because, like, I, okay, that's a whole, that's going to be, that's a different tartar. Let's not go there. Like he said, I, I could be the absolute most powerful person on the planet. And I'm, I'm like a bush. <laughs> like, it's not, it's going to burn briefly, but that's it at, at the best. You will go on my mission and you will not be harmed. And you asked, what zechus do the Jewish people have that they will come out of Egypt? Oh, I'm expecting very big return on this investment. They are going to accept the Torah on this mountain and in three months after they come out of Mitzrayim. Okay. There's uh, a lot we're missing here. So let's take a quick look at the Rambam, which is number Gimel on the second page. Mishnah Torah, Helchos Yisodei HaTorah, Perches. Moshe Rabbeinu lo he'eminu bo Yisrael mipnei ha'oso she'asa. The Jewish people did not believe in Moses because of the signs and wonders he performed. Shehama'amin alpi ha'osos Yesh belibo dofi. One who believes or trusts somebody because of signs and wonders, his heart has dofi. Dofi can mean uh, something crooked or on an angle, meaning not straight. It's, it's really from the word, yeah, it's really from the word do pi. Two mouths. Dofi means you're, there's two ways you could say it. In other words, if a person would believe somebody because of signs and wonders, then there's really two parallel thoughts running in his mind. What's that? Maybe the sign and wonder was really just a trick. Okay, whether you say it's a, well, he means actual magic or just like a, a magic trick, sleight of hand. Okay, so which means that the person is always holding in his mind a certain skepticism. If you believe somebody because they impress you with signs and wonders, then on the one hand, you're impressed. And on the other hand, you reserve some part of your mind skeptically open to the possibility that perhaps all is not as it seems. And if you find out differently, then you will switch to that track and know that you don't believe. All the signs and wonders that Moshe did, they were just like the tools of whatever was needed at the moment. He never brought a sign or wonder as a proof that he was a prophet. It's an interesting example of Rambam. I'm not an expert in Rambam. 
Okay, so you, you had to drown the Egyptians, so you split the sea and drown them in it. You need food, so there's mon. You people are thirsty. You get rock, water out of the rock. None of it was practical. The people have a need. We provide the need. It wasn't to prove anything to the Jewish people. Well, it was pretty miraculous the way he did it. It was miraculous, but the purpose of the miracles was not to prove to them that he was a prophet. Uh-huh. Why? Because should they have believed that he was a prophet because of the miracles, then they would always retain this dofi, this like second alternate explanation lurking in their minds, which would be incomplete comfort, incomplete trust. So with all the uvamehem inubo, so why did they trust him? When we stood at Har Sinai and our own eyes saw no strangers, nobody's reporting it to us, no outsider. Our ears heard, nobody else had to tell us. We saw and we heard the fire and the thunder and the lightning. The Hunigashel Ha'arafel, and the glory of God approached the fog, the Hakol Midabere love, and we heard God provide a voice to speak to Moshe. Moshe didn't say, Oh, I'm back, everybody. You will not believe what happened in my 40 days up there. Okay, John Smith did that, Muhammad did that, okay? I was gone for a while. You'll never believe what I was hearing. No. We heard Hashem talk to Moshe. Moshe also heard. Moshe heard it, but we also heard it. At the same time, we could hear that he was hearing. The Anu Shomim, we heard Moshe, Moshe, Lech Emor Lahen Kach. We heard God saying, Moshe, Moshe, go tell the Jews such and such. And then Moshe came and told us such and such. That's why the verse says, face to face, God spoke with you, not with me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. So there's a key piece here. Our trust in Moshe and our trust in Hashem is not because of tricks that Moshe did. It's because we witnessed Hashem himself doing the miracles and speaking. That's odd. Okay, sorry. This passage in Vamidbar, I'm gonna show you something very, very strange. It's just a little bit, let's say it out of order. Did I put the, oh, where did it go? Here, if you take a look down at number Yud for a minute, this is from the Haggadah. This is where you jump to, Sarah. Okay? God took us out of Mitzrayim, and we'll have to stop here and, and continue. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim with a strong hand, uh, uh, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, and with tremendous awe, and with signs and wonders. Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim with the signs and wonders. You know these words like by heart, right? They're part of our whole childhood. Not through a malach, not through a fiery angel, not through a messenger. Hashem himself in all his glory 
and essence took us, so to speak, took us out. I took you out of the land of Egypt on that night, Anivalo Malach, and I smote all the firstborn sons in Mitzrayim, Anivalo Saraf, and I passed judgment upon all the idols of the Egyptians, Anivalo Ashaliach, Ani Hashem, Anihu Velo Acher. It is I and no other. We're at the, the root of Shema here, right? It is I and no other. Echad lo acher. Right? acher. If so, and we'll just end with this question. I don't normally like to do that, even though lots of people do. Question is this. In Bamidbar, and this is back to source number Dalit, and I'll just make a note that we ended here. We have this pasuk. Moshe is explaining to Edom that we need to come through. And they didn't let us come through, but that's what he's telling them. And he says, uh, sorry, to Edom. Yeah, yeah, Moshe says, Vayishlach Moshe Malachim. Moshe sent Malachim, messengers. Send messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. And he says, so says your brother Israel, you know all the things that happened to us, that our forefathers went down to Egypt and we were dwelling in Egypt for many years and the Egyptians were very bad to us and our forefathers. And we cried out to God, Vayishma Kolenu, and he heard our voices. This is the verse I put here. Vayishlach Malach, and he sent a Malach. Malach. And he took us out of Egypt. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what, what, Malach? What are you talking about? Now, it's interesting. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Ze Moshe. That means Moshe. The Malach is Moshe. Now, if you look at the next source, Vav, Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim, Lefan of Elisav Achiv, when Yaakov sent Malachim to his brother Esav, Rashi said, Malachim Mamash, actual, like, Malachim, like, divine messengers, not people messengers. How come over here, where it does not seem obvious, he says, Moshe's the Malach. Well, we can understand why. Because Ani velo Malach, Ani velo Shaliach, Ani hu velo Acher. Hashem says, no, I didn't send a Malach. So the Malach over here means himself. He just wants to say, God sent me. We still have the question, so why is Moshe called a Malach over there? And what does it mean? And what does it mean that Hashem... Now, I think we at least get a little bit more of a grip on the question that Moshe is saying, Me, Ani, who am I that you're going to send me to Paro? Who am I that you're sending me to Pharaoh? You're sending me? You're sending anybody? Okay, so we're going to end there because it's getting late. And Mr. Hashem will continue next week. All right. All right you could, I'm like, so about this whole new introduction. So glad you're here with me doing it. All right. Thank you. It's, uh, it's exciting stuff. It's almost like his identity is confused because he's had so many different, you know, yeah. roles. Like, who am I meeting at this point in time? Who am I? Oh, my 
I wish we could just like stay for the whole day, <laughs> like turn it into a whole day seminar, but. Okay, so we're gonna check on Monday night.